Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Welcome, welcome to episode 63 of another Woodshop podcast. Fun, fun fact, uh, 63 is the combined number of chromosomes between the three of the hosts. What's going oh. on, boys? <laughs> uh, oh, it's the right amount joke. you're supposed to have. It's like 27 or something like that? It's it's 63. 23. Between 23 and me? Oh, one of us is really lacking, (laughs) or two are lacking, and one's a genius. Or all of us are lacking a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) one of us can uh, like. We have as many chromosomes as a banana. Happiness. Don't insult bananas. (laughs) Well, listen. This episode is brought to you by our patrons. Big thank you to our patrons for supporting us every single week. You guys have made financial backing of this podcast so we really appreciate you guys so much if you don't know what patreon is patreon is a way for you to support artists and or groups of artists uh or even podcasters because we're not really artists but you can support people who (laughs) do different things and uh oh don't look so offended we're not artists um (laughs) you can you can find ways to support us uh on patreon.com forward slash another woodshop podcast you can other you can also find other artists on there to support but if you're going to support some artists support us first um, but big thank you to everyone who supports us over there. You guys are really amazing. We really appreciate you very much. So this week we got a new member of the family over there. That is Frank Porcella Jr. Thank you for uh, showing us your support, showing us your love, and uh, you know helping us do this thing that we love doing. We really do love doing this. Fun fact: it's a lot of work. But what? Frank joined us in the pre-show this week. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, and there was a time where we were thinking about making the pre-show, put it behind a wall for Patreon, and. That would have been a huge mistake. So it's we get to have a really good time with as many people as we can in there. And we really love having fun with people in the pre-show. It's We just make a bunch of silly, dumb jokes the whole time while we get the show ready to record. Yeah, it's, and it's just, it's just a lot of fun. It's What's usually up? like upwards of 12 people. Upwards. I mean, we had at least 12 in there this week. It was pretty dope. <laughs> no, but we, we genuinely crowd. coast in the 30 to 40 every single week. No matter what. Yeah, we've had some really cool numbers in there. We've had we had a hundred once, I think, right? I mean yeah. we had that one time we hit a hundred. That was a real I mean that we were was... really shielding for it too. That was episode fifty. Fifty two? Fifty. Yeah, we, we gave, were really shielding. We just gave for away it, money. Yeah, we were what? paying people to be in there. Was... Dan was just <laughs> stripping live. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, if you weren't in there, you missed sugar it. Sugar on me. <laughs> it's just <No>. MDF. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, like flash dance, <laughs> pour, but pour he some pulled, MDF powder pulled on the shrink and it's a, just a bucket of MDF. <laughs> oh, just dumping, man. dumping your extractor on yourself. Ugh. That's disgusting. Did we cover everything we need for Patreon? I think we did. I think yes. that's it. Um, thank you, know, you patrons. Quickly, yeah, thank you, patrons. You guys are the best. I think I that's it for the whole show. I think we could just Yeah, we should, <laughs> Dan's real sleepy. We're going to call it after that. Uh, well, you know what? Let's jump into what's on my bench. There's only one way to do that, though, and that requires Dan to sing like this. What's on my bench? But I'm going to throw it to Pete first this week because he oh. never goes first. Oh, Whoa. I am I am shooketh. Uh, let me look at my notes. <laughs> Did you not want to go? <laughs> no, Thou no, I'm, art I'm, shooketh. I'm ready. I'm definitely ready. I don't have to stall at all. I'm definitely ready to just answer right now and tell you exactly what I worked on okay. this week. Dan, why don't you tell me? <laughs> no, no, no. I, no, no. I, I want Pete it. to keep going. Want... <laughs> this is good. Well, you don't you like me stalling? Guys, the ash table is officially out of my shop 
Uh, I know I know this sounds like a repeat of Mike from three weeks ago. The ash Yay. table is finally out of the shop. It's finally off my workbench. <laughs> it is done. It looks really good. Um, I both loved and hated every minute of it. Um, again, I'm quoting Mike here. But that was... What? Because <laughs> you, you both loved and uh, you were annoyed with that table. Because I, I, it was like yeah, a big project. Took up a lot of space. There was a lot of little things about it. I feel the same exact way with this. Because this table, and I talked about this in the last couple of weeks, it was it's supposed to have glass panels inserted into all four sides of the bottom base. Um, the other thing that got really annoying is last night I glued up the, I, I ended up veneering, not even veneering, there were like 0.2 inch thick uh, pieces of uh, of ash that I ended up resawing on a bandsaw and then flattening it on a uh, in a planer. I ended up veneering them onto a substrate. I used particle board because I just had a lot of it laying around. And all the glue soaked up into the wood. And as soon as I put it on there, I, I didn't even get to hit it with the water. Because usually when I hit when I use a veneer, I spray the other side with water. So both absorb moisture evenly. And you don't get cupping or like, like lifting up like paper. Um, and then I ended up just putting every single heavy thing on top of the thing. It was great. I take all the weight off today. And... All of that wood, even though I left tiny little gaps in between, uh, it ended up making the whole thing bow up. So, uh, which is fine. It was, it was like bowing by like half an inch. And I had to put significant weight on a center to get it fl- to flatten out. So, I ended up just uh, getting a track saw and I just ran about 10 kerf lines along the bottom because it's going to be in the frame anyways. You're not going to see it. So, I ended up just uh, running kerf lines through the whole thing. And then I was able to just squeeze it with two fingers to flatten it out. And we ended up securing it. It looked actually awesome. I loved it. I'm super excited to see how this thing looks when it's India inked and uh, fully finished. And it has that Millennium Falcon inside it. Uh, did I mention that last week? What's going inside it? Yeah. I think you sent us pictures, but I don't think you said it on the yeah, show. So, yeah. Uh, the customer <clears throat> slash my friend is putting the Millennium, Lego Min- Millennium Falcon or building block. Millennium Millennium Falcons. <laughs> Millennium Falcon inside it. That's the that's the one that's bigger. Is that a than, Star Trek thing? Yes, Star yeah. Trek. It's actually Doctor it's Who. Thing so Doctor flew. Who. Nano, uh, nano. The Millennium Falcon <laughs> is bigger on the inside than the outside. Um, and this thing is it's fifteen hundred dollars. It's more Oof. expensive than the, s- the stupid Star Destroyer. That's what it's called, right? It's a lot of money for yeah. Mork for Mork. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, this thing's going inside it. He's putting glass around it. He's got cats. Uh, and they would mess it up, so that's why there's glass going in it. Anyways, it's done. I don't have to finish it. That's even better. That's my favorite kind of project. Um, I don't have to finish it. He's going to take care of it all himself. Anyways, that's done. I uh, I fully accepted that I am not moving until July. I had a week of like mourning. I was pretty upset last week when I found out that it's getting delayed another month. Um, but I'm currently in that stage of like, cool, I got another month to pack. Everything's good. At least it's happening. Calm down. You don't have to get angry, Peter. <laughs> so I'm just got, like taking it day by day. I do wish I was getting into that that new house and a new shop next week. But you know what? I'll take the extra month to build up some extra capital for shop renovations and uh, just plan plan things out. The one downside is we are living on boxes. So our living room is filled with packed boxes. And we're just going to have to put up with it for a month. Super fun. Yeah. Um, aside from that... My buddy Carmine stopped by. We started working on his van conversion two years ago. Then he uh, he had some went to changes prison. In, no, 
No, nah, he's he's too nice for prison. <laughs> he <laughs> he ended up going back to school, and then he um, I was close. Then he got out of school, and COVID hit, so he basically could not work unemployment and all that. Um, and the van ended up going into the shop back in October to just have a single roof section replaced, and apparently they couldn't get parts until just last month. That's how bad things are, guys. Like, car parts are getting affected. So, they finally I, got it last month. They got it replaced. We got it sealed up, and we're finally working on the inside of the van again. So, we're going to be finishing up that van conversion, hopefully in the next couple of months. So, super stoked for that. And uh, lastly, uh, I've been getting back into prototyping. So, I'm trying to run my 3D printers a little more. My fifth 3D printer came in. It is sitting on a floor. It took a whole two and a half days to get here from Czech Republic. I'm livid about the shipping. It's super late. <laughs> two um, days? That's crazy. Dude, it's insane. It, like, Wait a minute. Two... Are you being sarcastic? You're mad no, about the shipping? I, well, I'm not mad about the shipping at all. It literally took <laughs> not even a full, legitimately, not even a full 48 hours from when I got the email to when it was on my doorstep. Um, and it said it was going to be three days. It came in even faster. Damn, that shipping is worth it. Meanwhile, Amazon, one week. Come on. Um, anyway, so I got to get that set up. I'm actually very happy that I'm getting... I got this printer before I'm moving. Because once I move into the house, I'm not going to have time to set this thing up. Everything's going to get set up now. I have to sit down and assemble it. It's completely in parts. Like, this whole printer, every screw, everything but like that's sitting behind me is completely taken apart. It's uh, technically an eight-hour build. Uh, the best I've done on my last one was five and a half hours. So, I'm going to try to beat terrible. that this time. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not bad. Just, I just pour a lot of bourbon and I put on Rick and Morty and I just try to knock it out. So, but got the printer <laughs> that all in. Sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? Well, you I like Rick and Morty. Bourbons? Rick and Morty. Seal, Seal yeah, team Mike, Ricks. you like bourbon. <laughs> right. I do. Seal team Rick. Um, so that's it. So I got that printer in. I've been doing some prototyping. I got a new product out. I'm working on. Uh, I'm getting back into the Makita line and the Merca line. I'm making some stuff for both of those, and I just need to get those knocked out. And that's that. I had a pretty busy week. I actually kind of flew by. Today I was shocked that it was Friday and I had a podcast to record. Uh, but I'm super stoked to see you boys. So, uh, Mike, why don't you throw it to Dan? I had myself muted. Dan, what did you do this week? <laughs> <laughs> My son I was, was going crazy I was in the confused. background. Sorry. <laughs> um, I thought it was me. I've had, a, I've had a pretty eventful week, I feel like. I've been, I've been playing a, a lot with my CNC. I, I just really enjoy that right I'm now. I'm so glad you said CNC. I'm so enjoying, <laughs> so enjoying that right now. I I, I was dabbling with uh, some bow tie templates and stuff, and I had a few people say they they'd love a couple of those. So you know, I sent a couple of those out. Um, I've I've made a few other things with it. I did some engravings. I I just I really enjoy that machine right now. It's so fun. I actually I actually enjoy sitting down and like trying to design something like right now i'm it's trying so to design fun. uh so like <laughs> let me back up a little bit so last night we heard a huge crash come from upstairs in the house and we we're like uh was it my what? bottle of billy jealousy was it i was no. gonna say it was in my spirit oil <laughs> no. we're like, what the what the heck was that my the rack that holds all my shirts fell it just completely fell off the wall it's it's just a big that? giant it's just an inch and a half dowel that's <laughs> don't uh, you hate hook, it when that happens hooks on either yeah. side my wife you was like your house is haunted or there's a murder she's like it's haunted this is what happens when you have too many woodworking shirts i'm like <laughs> well funny 
So anyways, uh, <laughs> wait, why are your shirts hanging up? I hang up Hold all them. my shirts. Savage. Weirdo. That's how we do it in Nebraska. I don't know. <laughs> I also hang up my shirts. I'm not sure what angle Pete's going at here. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I, I fold them. They go in a drawer. I don't have like that a, many drawers, like bro. Man. I got like I've got like a hundred shirts. <laughs> like a man. Like a man. I fold. I fold them. my coward, underwear perfectly, like lap. a man. Hanging them up, you coward. Anyway, just just the shoulders. What happened was the little the little mount system is plastic and it broke. So I'm gonna try to recreate that sort of with the CNC, and I've been learning how to create like a like a a 3D profile. So that's been fun. And on top of that, I'm starting on the the big brother to the Tetris bookshelf. I've glued all the boards up. I'm starting to mill them, not milk wait, them. Wait, this one's bigger? Yeah, it's going to be twice the size. Yeah, for the, Jesus. For the same client. It's going to okay. sit right next. Yeah, it's going to be huge. It's going to be like 50 by 90 tall. Yeah, it's going to be a big boy. Whoa. So I, I, I'm starting to mill up that and I'm still, well, I haven't been working on the basement project just because I cannot spray that, that was, big. That was supposed to be done April 4th. It should have been done. I'm just joking. Yes. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, 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 no. It should have been done. It should have been done. But I like, I'm in, of changes I, in I need to spray it and I can't spray it in my shop because it is so big and I just don't have the space and I need to spray it outside of my shop and it's been raining all week. Like all week, every single it's day this week, it's super frustrating. Um, so but Harbor it's not, Freight that has this carport. You I'm can not putting get. a carport in my yard. I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> You're in Nebraska. <laughs> Honestly, that would be an upgrade. You, I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> Meanwhile, burning in his front yard driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, burning plywood all in one over the <laughs> Eh, I'm not going to be that guy. Dan's got like a, a 10 foot by 12 foot patch of white spray paint on his lawn right now. Anyway, just, carry on. just fun facts. Attacked. If only Attacked. there was a way to lay something down below that. Only. <laughs> There's grass. It grows and you can mow it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> forget where it was. Just mows the paint uh, off. Not, oh, I know where you were. You're not going to buy a, a shelter to spray in. I I'm not buying a bad. shelter. I'm not buying a tarp. That's Mike, crazy. What's the plastic tarp. that you put up? What's the name of it? This queen. What did you say? <laughs> okay. Aside from that, I got finish. a huge new commis- commission. Um, basically, I'm building uh, a bunch of end tables and side tables and a desk for a client. And a lot of it's going to be made out of Peruvian walnut, which I'm crazy excited about. So I got an order in for like 200 board feet of Peruvian walnut, which is a a darker, more rich looking walnut. And when you put finish on it, it's super dark. I'm really excited about that. So hopefully I'll have all those done by the end of this year. That'd be great. <laughs> God, I hope so. And you never know. You never I know feel like something else. That, oh, yes. Yeah, something non woodworking related happened this week. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> Is it so related? <laughs> Cool on Monday or Tuesday, I don't remember which day it was. Tuesday. Was it Monday? Was it Tuesday? Tuesday? On Tuesday, I happened to notice that three of my neighbors have ridge lines now, Honda ridge lines, and I'm like, "What the heck is going on? Ridge lines are taking over." And I'm making all these ridge line jokes in my stories. You don't need to make jokes about ridge lines. 
Right. They make they themselves. Do themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I made these jokes uh, about ridgelines in my stories. And that very same day, I'm in my shop and the neighbor directly across from me, he drives a ridgeline. It's a nice looking ridgeline. It's blacked out. It's nice as far as ridgelines go. But it's it's running. And I'm like, hmm, that's odd. And four hours later, it's still running in his driveway. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I go over to his house and I start knocking on his door and he's not answering. He's not answering. So then I start, I start to worry. I'm like, oh my gosh, something happened to this guy. They're going to see my stories. They're going to, I'm going to be the first <laughs> suspect. I'm going to be the Ridgeline killer. The Ridgeline <laughs> killer. <laughs> If, if I killer. if I delete my stories, if I delete News my alert. stories, it's just going to make me look even the more. The killer has struck again. <laughs> it's going to make me look even more guilty. <laughs> and I haven't done a thing. Omaha News thing. 1. So Mike and Pete have been calling me the Rizaline killer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I ended up like calling the, the non-emergency line, you know, and I had cops come out and they're like looking around his driveway and they're like, nah, he's fine. He's fine. And I'm like, I don't know. He won't answer his door. This is super weird. <laughs> I and I was, I was right. like, I was freaking out. Anyway, long story short, I'm the Ridgeline killer, but I didn't kill anybody. <laughs> it's weird. Just killer? can you? Long story short, can you tell us? Is your neighbor okay? My neighbor's fine. Okay, I'm so not he, gonna get into what happened to him, but yeah, he's so fine. He's al- he is he's alive. alive. He's alive. Okay, he's alive. My neighbor's alive. But I was really sweating there for a while because hey, I Nick, was like, "What happened to I made all these Ridgeline Nick Brim, jokes. If you're listening, uh, can you please check? Fact, fact check this whole thing. Make sure he's still alive. <laughs> he's alive, I swear. Because he, it, Dan's probably just building an alibi. I'm trying. You're ruining everything. <laughs> Quiet. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think that's it for my week. Jeez. Do Toss we have questions? Mike, toss it to Mike. Oh, did Mike go? Nope. Mike, you should go. I Mike. should. It's you know, be cool. Uh, well, hey, Mike's here week. this week. Well, you threw me off when you were like, "Hey, Mike." Yeah, you throw Pete Dan? likes to make things go really <sighs> bad. <laughs> Why do we keep him? That's Pete's signature move is making it go wrong. <laughs> and because of, do you really no. want a podcast that's just always flawless? <laughs> yeah, that'd be Maybe nice. Maybe one episode would I be nice. <laughs> I'd like to experience experience it and I'll tell I'd you. I'd like how. to make the decision for myself. <laughs> no, um, I had a very busy week, a uh, really busy week, a really productive week. I, I had a really... I had my cousin over last week and helping me in the shop on Saturday, and we got a ton of stuff done. And then I got a bunch of stuff done on Saturday by myself, and then I actually took Monday off. I actually kind of didn't – I didn't go in the shop at all, and I didn't go on Instagram hardly at all. And um, I – man, I felt so good Tuesday not just taking a day off. I hadn't taken a like day off from things in like probably four weeks, so I really needed that real bad. Um but Tuesday I got in the shop and I felt all energized and I've I need to get this door I've needed to build this door for my shed since I built my shed which was when I got my CNC which is like last September and uh, I've been wanting to learn how to build doors really bad and this isn't the same as like a door that gets hung into like a frame or something but uh, I thought it was a fun start so I I have all this uh, thermally modified poplar which, which is gorgeous. Dan- yeah, Dan and Pete saw it when they were here. It's mm. really it's it's cortisone. It's unbelievably it's, gorgeous. It's, it's I hate it's really poplar. Gorgeous. Yeah, and that stuff it is nice. It does colors. not look like poplar. No, it it's, looks it's so re- good. It looks like walnut. Um, it really is gorgeous. And that and, stuff um, you're working on looks cortisone. It looks yeah, it's nice. cortisone. So <laughs> cortisone um, poplar. 
Yeah. <laughs> what Whoever the heck? That? Bird's eye quarter sign. Anyway, um, it's really uh, – <laughs> Wait, it's really wait. We stuff. don't hate on Poplar. Poplar is actually kind of – Oh, I hate on Poplar. Gonna, if I'm going to do softwood, that's the one I'm going well, with. Well, Poplar is a hardwood. Technically. Technically, uh, yeah, you are right. It's, it's a hard softwood. It's very soft hardwood. You know what I'm saying? Or soft Wink. hardwood? Is that what it was? Um, it was in the pool. It was in the pool. I was, I was in the pool! No, the... Uh, <laughs> the uh, but yeah, anyway, I slapped out this door in like, uh, I don't know, like three, three and a half hours. It was so fun. I had such a good time doing it. I'm not quite done with it, but I got the whole thing put together and man, it was just a really good time. So, got the shed door mostly done. I'm going to finish that up this weekend. Um, I have a some acquaintances who had a request for a quote for a poker table and I made this design for this poker table and I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I think the poker table design looks super sick. Like I really like how it looks. Dan's saying no. Um, <laughs> he's <laughs> throwing shade at it. Uh, I really like it a lot. Like I really hope that, that I really hope that they accept the quote. Um, I gave him two options, one for an eight person. So an octagon and one for a hexagon, a six person table, different price points, different <clears throat> sizes. One 60 oh, inches. A, good. If you didn't make it out of poplar, I don't know. Yeah, it's not going to be poplar. This one will be walnut. Um, one's going to be – if they go with the octagon, it's going to be eight, uh, 60 inches across. If they go with the hexagon, it's 50 inches across. I just really hope they go with it because it's cool. And then hexagon I got cool is rec- six. Yes, sixagon. Math guy. And then I got another – since I did that door, I've got a customer who's actually been a – he's uh, I've done a couple jobs for him in the past. Uh, some slab flattening and then another table for him. Uh, he – he re- he reached out to me and he's like, "Hey, do you know who makes doors?" I was like, "Hey, you're talking to a guy. I just made one yesterday." <laughs> like, he called me like Wednesday, the day after I made a door, and I'm like, "Yeah, I've been trying to get into doors." He's like, "Do you think you could do one of these sliding barn doors?" I was like, "I know I could." So I'm working on that quote. He actually just uh, said the quote was good today, so uh, hoping to do that one here in the next month. Um, and then I got that teak table. My cousin and I got a lot of that. Well, actually, no, I got that all broken down myself this week. That is ready to be joined. I'm going to get that joined together tomorrow. Um, and then I've got <laughs> this big elm table I'm working on right now. Um, we got the bench ready for finish last weekend. The table is going to be start getting a bunch of epoxy in it this week. And then the big, huge elm conference table. Uh, I got a lot of that broken down. I got the, cause they don't want live edge on it. It's just a big giant slab of English elm. Uh, they want it squared. They want it to look really square. So there's no live edge. Yeah. I, d- I just, I, disagree with that choice but that's their it's their choice so uh i'm getting rid of the live edge or the live edge is already gotten rid of i gotta break some more of that down and i got another quote for a big table going out across the country i'm hoping to hear more on that next week and i got oh i got a youtube video out this week i haven't done a youtube video in like uh a month i hadn't done a full youtube video no i hadn't done a full youtube video in two months so i got Mm. that released that felt really good to get that out i don't remember what it was about let me look at my channel real quick because I just bandsaw don't jig. recall. Bandsaw jig. Thank you. Uh, it was a real simple video on how to make a bandsaw jig to mill your own lumber with logs. You could even mill firewood on it. I've done that before in the past. And then the other thing this week, I actually just did this yesterday, is I had been talking about Jobber. I've been looking for project management apps for a while. I'm just getting really overwhelmed with trying to manage all the projects. And so I finally made the plunge and invested in Jobber this week. I'm literally three or two days into this thing. So I don't have like a really comprehensive review yet, but um, so far I'm very happy with it. Uh, It's saving me a lot of time already. So I think that if it continues like this, it's just a no brainer for me and I'm going to keep the subscription. So I think I pay like 110 bucks a month and um, it's 
just worth it. I mean, it's, I can already see it's going to save me hours and hours and hours every week. So, and if I and understand really you cool. correctly, it makes your own YouTube videos. It makes YouTube <laughs> it does videos my YouTube videos. Um, it good knows app. how to. Uh, it negotiates pricing for me. Um, it actually will pick out my clothes for the next day. And it <laughs> lays actually, out your underwear. Yeah, I don't have to do my beard anymore because Jobber does that for me. My my barber Man. is fired, so um, they outsource the work to China. <laughs> no, uh, it's 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 really cool. The the software is really cool. It can I can actually take a link. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Look into Jobber. It's really cool. And if you're really interested in it, hit me up. Um, but yeah, that was my week. I got a lot done this week. There's other things going on, but I don't want to talk about it yet. Uh, I'll talk about it soon. But there's some big big changes coming. Always I've teasing a lot of it. I about a lot of it, Always I, be teasing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've hinted about it a lot, but um, I'm right in the middle of it right now, so I don't, don't really want to go into it. But it has to do with me going full-time. So um, really exciting and uh, just a lot more news to come here in the next in the coming weeks. So that's it for my week. Uh, it's all starting to sound very similar. I've got a lot of big projects going on, so they're all kind of bleeding over. But some new stuff in there. That's cool. I got a couple Etsy. Etsy's been really slow the last week and a half, two weeks. Uh, and it's actually been kind of nice because I'm just really busy with big stuff. And honestly, I'd really rather do big projects anyway. So um, want to get into questions? What, Before we get into questions, yeah, this needs to be said. 63 is the number of chromosomes <laughs> found in the offspring of a donkey and a horse. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I like this as a new bit for our show. I like it too. It's fun. <laughs> I wish you would be less formal and just fully interrupt though. Like in the middle of something. I wish you wouldn't be like, hold on, something needs to be said. Because then they're going to know it's coming. You need to be like like a- acting like you're about to add information to something one of me or Peter is talking about. Okay. <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, Done. but what about, did you know So 63? what's interesting about that is. <laughs> yeah, perfect, Pete. That's perfect. In Davenport, Indiana, there's a Menard store number 63. No, Davenport, Iowa. I will oh, cut Iowa. you. Oh my Whatever. goodness. It's they're all the same state. No. They're all the same. No. Um okay, well you, that was... you and Iowa are basically one little municipality. Yeah. <laughs> I may live in Nebraska, but my blood runs with Iowa blood. Whatever. I'm from Iowa. <laughs> all right, sorry, go on. <laughs> my blood runs with Iowa blood. They can take our corn, but they can never take <laughs> Our right. freedom. <laughs> Our Menards. Uh, Menards. <laughs> first question. I'm getting. I need to drink some water. I'm laughing too much. Uh, the first question is from Andrew Dembeck, and this is what he has to say about that. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, Andrew here from ADD Woodworking. I uh, just wanted to say thank you for the advice that you gave me last week about cleaning my bandsaw blade. Uh, I ended up going with some denatured alcohol uh, and a wire brush, and it <laughs> he didn't worked, put it in the uh, freezer. Good. Got it all Coward. clean. Uh, my question for you guys this week has to do with sanding. Um, I have a Mercaderos right now, um, and I find a lot of times once I'm uh, kind of getting to my finishing uh, grits, I see a lot of like the curly cues uh, that are created uh, from sanding, and I'm just curious if you guys have uh, a good way to get rid of them or to prevent them. I'm not sure if it's because of the the sandpaper I'm using, I'm using the, the Abernet most of the time, um, or if it's because of the stroke of the Daros, the five millimeter, uh, do you guys think it's worth it to get a finishing sander like the Festool, uh, I think it's like the ETS 125, um, just interested in your thoughts. Uh, thanks for the podcast and I look forward to your answer. Dan. 
First of all, I use the Mercaderos as a finish sander. It it works phenomenally. I think just by listening to what you said, I think your problem is you're pushing too hard. You need to let the sandpaper do the work. Don't push down. That's where those pigtails are going to come from 90% of the time, if not more. Let the sandpaper and the sander do the work. Don't push down. What do you guys think? Mike? We'll go at the same time. No. Uh, oh, yeah. I should have. <laughs> no. Uh, Fight. I, I, I agree with Dan. Don't push down too hard. Um, but also stay on the lower grits longer. You're just you're probably hopping around too fast on your grits is the problem. Those are called pigtails. Um, those swirly marks. But you're just not uh, staying long enough. You said curly also, cues? Yeah, curly cues. Uh, shoestring fries. Um, mm, that sounds the, good. ETS-125, I have that sander. I So my sanding process is this. I start, I do everything up to 240 with my Daros. And then after 240, I if I go after 240, which is not very often, <clears throat> I use my Dios, which is a three millimeter finish sander. The ETS is a three millimeter, actually it might be a 2.5, but it's a finish sander. Um, I don't really <laughs> grab that one very often because I do like my Merca more. <clears throat> um, but I do have that. I use it for different things, but... I don't usually grab it over my Dios, but if you are looking for a finish sander, that one is a finish sander and it, it's a good finish sander, the ETS, but I would recommend the Dios over it. Um, and that's not a Merca sponsorship thing. That is the truth. Like they're not paying me to use the sander I use. I do pick up my Dios over my ETS 125 because it works better for, in my opinion, but yeah, <clears throat> stay longer at the lower grits or change your pad. You're up, you're uh, abrasive more often. It might just be worn out. You might have a tear on it somewhere, but that's probably not the case. You're probably just going too fast and pushing too hard. But you really don't need to put much weight on that thing at all. No. You should just be able to like put that paddle down. That's all you need to do. Enough weight, the weight for the like sand one finger. <clears throat> yeah. So, Pete? Uh, yeah, the guys said it on ahead. Uh, yeah, don't apply too much pressure. Let the sander do the work. Let the paper do the work because the sander is just going to do it. Do, do the right thing but the one thing i would also uh include is make sure that you're with the merca sander you probably got a, a a grip saver pad i forget what they're actually called but there's a pad, pad that's pad saver yeah that attaches to your to your uh actual sander and then the paper sticks to that um if you i don't I'm not assuming about your sanding, but if you get very creative with the angles and things that you sand with that thing, you could actually damage that thing and in certain cases actually melt it like mm. because it, it overheats so much. It could get damaged, and if it gets damaged, you're going to get twirly marks. Uh, and and this, actually, I learned this from using my old DeWalt sander that I still have. The pad itself started having really rough areas where it would push these uh sandpaper out more and it would make extra swirly marks because it was right. applying extra pressure You're deforming the the pad exactly so uh check that out because that could actually if that is damaged in any way or you feel if you're running your hand across and you feel high spots you probably are due for a new one or maybe <clears> it's just damaged maybe cut it out sand it down or probably just replace it they're hella cheap they're That's called it. the pad saver. They're called the pad saver. I just looked pad it up. Pad saver. Okay. It and is. Yep. it really is a bummer. I mean, it's not a bummer. It's just a fact of life. You buy an expensive sander. Now you have to buy this pad saver too. Uh, it sucks, but I get it. But they're five seventy five, or a five I mean, pack is twenty five dollars. You so, technically don't need it. No, they recommend you it, use it. But there's, it's very recommended to use it. And here's the other yeah. thing: when you use a pad saver, the sander is actually weighted for 
paper plus the pad saver. Uh, if you look at the instructions, there is a nut you should remove if you're not using a pad saver. So it's actually weighted for that. Well, today uh, I yeah. learned. Yeah, check that. So yeah, you want those pad that. savers? They're they're important if you don't have that with the Daros. Yep. Uh, the next question is from Jake Miller. He's from uh, uh, ASI Shop Life. A- and, ASI uh, Shop Life. Yep. He is uh, got this to say. Jake always calls in. He's a great guy. Hey guys, it's uh, Jake Miller from ASI Shop Life on Instagram, and was just calling in to uh, see what you guys do as far as pricing on Etsy. Um, when you guys post a new item, do you use you know do you do some research and look and see what other makers out there have that might be similar uh, to kind of base your pricing off of, or do you guys just go with kind of your normal pricing structure? Um, I've been churning out a lot of stuff on the CNC here the last few days, and uh, my wife and I are finally going to uh, take the time and sit down and actually put an Etsy together. And we're just trying to get a you know an idea of where to even start as far as you know pricing. So just let me know. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Pete? Uh, I use Etsy to dictate my pricing and or whether to even list the item because there's been items that i was like oh i could i can make this easily and then i would look at on etsy and find out that a certain item is going for so low that i just it's not even worth my time i would make a couple of dollars on each one and it's just not worth it so yeah i use i use etsy the mark that you know we, we actually talked about it i think Last week, and, oh, and actually, uh, Mike, you talked about this with uh, Jason Benz yesterday on your live, which is your market dictates your pricing. And guess what? Etsy is not a local market. It's its own market. And if Etsy's market says a certain thing, if there's a lot of reputable shops listing, let's say, a beer bottle-shaped bottle opener, which I think that's what he's making recently out of some scraps... Uh, if there's if people are selling them for seven bucks, and you, for you to make Abort. it, you we're going to list it at like twelve dollars or whatever. Is it really worth it for you to do? You know, so sometimes you just got to go. You know, it's not worth it. I'm not going to do it. These are going to be great stocking stuffers or things to bring to a, a local show or to sell locally. But to add shipping and other stuff to that, when a price uh, when an item is single digits, a uh, pricing almost makes no sense. I'm sorry, uh, shipping almost makes no sense on that pricing. So that's something to think about as well. But yeah, use Etsy to figure out what the market value is in that market based on your shop compared to these other shops. Dan, you've been getting into the the Etsy I've been getting into it, but I haven't been like researching prices. How have you decided to price some of your stuff? Because you're you're new to it, just like I'm new to it. And the way I've been deciding to price, I just pull a number out of my rear and I'm like, well, that seems good. I'm going to go with that with and see what happens. <laughs> it's not the best system. It's really not. I but your really pricing should, is not ridiculous. I really should be, uh, you know, uh, researching a little more, but I'm not. And I don't sell nearly as much as these two. So I don't know if I can add too much to this. Mike, what do you think? So the first thing I do when I make a new item, <clears throat> well, first I sit down with pen and paper. And I take my estimating sheet and I think how much I would want to make if I was making a one-off for a customer. So I take that dollar amount and then I go look at do my market research on, on Etsy and then I do what Pete said, see if it's even worth even attempting. So I think like if you're – for like the higher ticket items, um, 
what I my kind of rule of thumb is is if I can get close to the dollar amount that I want and be 20% higher than the cheapest guy, I'm almost certain I can sell it. Because you can sell stuff if you're 20% more expensive than some of those guys. Like if they've got an $80 thing and you're selling it for 100 bucks, if you got some really good pictures, and uh, you're probably going to make some sales still, even if there is a guy that's cheaper. If you can make a picture or have some sort of like little detail that someone else likes more, you'll probably video. Guys, yeah, vi- yeah video. video add stuff, add that stuff. I, but I put I added video to a post. It blew up. It's kind of crazy. The, the, the backup, the sale post. You can yeah. add videos to yeah. Etsy. You can uh-huh. now add videos to Etsy. You can oh, add a fifteen second video and it adds. And those posts, your, we always talk about everything. this. A new, a new, uh, a new feature being added by a platform. You should be focusing on that, and it's worth it. All right. The other side of that same Noted. coin is, is I've got that on about four posts, and it, they haven't done anything. So it's not like a golden ticket to free sales, but it, it it's something you definitely want to do. Yeah, it helps. It'll help. You never you definitely want to take advantage of all the feature of the platform's features. I agree with Pete 100. percent But I've got it on four things, and they they've never taken off. But uh, I have it on some other ones, and they have taken off. So definitely do everything they're offering. Um, but um, that's kind of my process. I, I I usually look at the 20 percent number. That is something that uh, Jeff over at Two Moose had told me that, like, you're never going to be as cheap as the cheapest one. So another thing to look at is I actually was just dealing with this this week. I have a quote out that got accepted, actually. Someone wanted me to laser cut some table markers. And uh, they were just going to say one, two, three, four. They're just going to be cut out of MDF, right? Well, they sent me an Etsy listing, and it was like $3 each. And I'm like, well, I'm already out. I can't make these for $3 each. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. Um, and then I look, I, you got to scroll through the whole listing. They weren't offering free shipping. It was $17.50 to ship, ship each one. So they're $21 what? a piece. So you got to look at all the details. You can't just look at just the numbers. So if you see something that go, looks a little crazy, really dig into that post because it might not be what it seems. And uh, anyway, that was the case. I was able to argue that point and actually land the job at my number that I wanted. So, um, there's a lot of work to it. You'll figure it all out, man. I would just start getting listings up there and, um, start putting listings up regularly. Don't list items as like, if you have, if you made 10 bottle openers, don't make 10 separate listings, list them all as bottle openers and put each of the, use the variations option within that listing. So you can keep getting sales on that one item. You don't want to sell individual ones. What's up, Dan? Your mind, Dan? Dan did arms. Just blew my mind. You, I didn't know that was the thing. The sale, the sale, that actual one post. It, so if you sell out of it and you never that sale, it didn't help your stats. Yeah. You don't have. You're not having like one listing that's building sales on it. Does that make sense? So if you yeah. have like yeah. if you have a oh. listing for just bottle openers, you want all your bottle openers into that one, and you want to use the variations tab. You can edit those variations as you go, but you really want to try to like make a like all my bottle openers look exactly the same, and I list them all under bottle openers, and I don't have any stock. I just, as I sell them, you I make, make them. them. Yeah. Yeah. I make them as I sell them because the, the, the listings that you make that are, uh, this was made by me in 2020 or 2020 to 2021. Those ones do better than the ones where you're like, Oh, this is a one off. You don't want to, yeah. I can't remember. I find out as well. Is it one off? Uh, yeah. Like one off things, but things I that continuously get remade or made you list yeah. as made to order. I think they, they do pretty well because they're. <laughs> No, well, you actually may say they're you don't say they're made to order, but they actually are made to order. You they're don't want to list order, it as made to order because those are the ones that don't do. I might have it backwards. Anyway, I know made to order. I think will do fine. You don't need to necessarily because it still asks you for quantity. 
I'm looking at my listings. Hold Here's on. the thing. It is a it is a black hole of information, but there's so much. Yeah, but yeah, but so, yes, you want a listing to have some kind of uh lifespan to it. You want it to if you so what I see a lot of people do is they'll make let's say five of a thing, uh, let's say a bottle opener, and they'll put a picture up with literally one, two, three, four, five, and then make a separate variation for each one, and people can choose which one they want, even if there's just one of each stock. So I've gone on listings and looked at them and clicked like, oh, number one, two, and five are out of stock. I can only buy three and four, and I look at the picture. So like that listing can, still looks like a multiple sale listing, but it's it's and you can have ten variations. Well, you know, no, that's not true. You actually can have unlimited variations. Unlimited you variations. You can have ten photos that link to the variations, so you can have a bunch of examples. So anyway, or you can have that's one photo cool. with numbers next to them too. Like yep. All so five you can if you can like fit like five on one photo. One, two, three, four, five, and you have 10 photos, you can technically put 50 separate listings in that one listing. And then you just change that in the variations and they can go through the drop down and be like photo one, uh, item one from photo one. And then they choose that one item and that's what they get. So you're, you're trying to take advantage of your, you're not paying a bunch of listing fees, but you will still pay the 20 cents every time it sells plus the 15% or whatever it is after the sale, but you're saving yourself the listing fee. Yeah. Me and Mike have a saying, we kind of joke around about it, but it's ABL always be listing. Yeah, you should always be listing something. Always be listing stuff on your site. There should always be stuff on there because the thing is, at the end of the day, you can have five listings in your in your page, but you have a thousand sales and a hundred fifty reviews in a year, and people are gonna be like, "Well, it's only five items, but clearly people are paying three hundred dollars for this tray or whatever because you've built up to that point. Like that's how you build up reputation. Yeah, you you can then dictate your own price exactly." So, so all right, let's always be listing. If always, you can reach out to us as well individually if you ever have questions. So, um, this this next question is from uh, John Taccarino. He has this to say. Hey guys, it's John from Tack Woodworks. Two quick questions for you, if you don't mind. The first is, I'm running tools off of an extension cord from inside the house in the shop right now. And I'm just looking for some basic advice. I have a panel out in the garage. What do you recommend I do just to set up some basics, whether it be one circuit, two circuit, that kind of thing, just to run a few tools, set up dust collection. Appreciate your quick tips on that. Second is, in terms of table saw, uh, I have a table saw. I'm looking to upgrade it. And what's your advice for best table saw for under $1,000? Love the podcast, guys. Keep it up. Thanks so much. I'll go uh, first if you guys don't mind. Please. Um, please. So for power, go way more power than you think you'll need. I recommend that because it's very – I've made the mistake where my uncle came and helped me with my power. And he's like, let's do more than you'll ever think. I'm like, this is definitely more than I'll ever think. And then I redid it three times subsequently after that. So do way <laughs> more power than you'll ever think. Uh, obviously, you know, you know, tra- you know, know, it varies how much you're going to actually need to put in there. But I would say at least – two circuits so you can run two tools at once and that means a dust collector and another tool at least two i would very much argue for put in at least one 220 circuit because before you know it you're going to want two tool or 220 tools in your shop so i would say if you're going to really just do it put in four 110 circuits and two 220 circuits and on each 220 circuit put two 220 plugs and on each one of those 110 circuits put at least four 110 plugs so you can have stuff all over your shop. That's what I would do. Now, if you're trying to be very, very conservative about it, 
do at least two and one. At the very least, do two 110s and one 220 at the very least. I think you're going to still not find that to be enough in very short time. Um, as far as the table saw goes, uh, I am going to sound like a shill, but the F1 I think is a great cabinet saw for under a thousand bucks. Uh, the other option that's really good is it seems like you can get a pretty decent grizzly for under a thousand bucks. It is also, they have a hybrid and a cabinet saw that I think you can get under a thousand, but my real advice or my, my, my is just get a nice used table saw off Facebook marketplace. Find one that looks really good. Um, unless you really want this to be like a table saw, it's going to last you a really, really long time. I would say just get a table saw that's a, on, on Facebook marketplace for about a thousand bucks because you're probably going to replace it before you know it. Dan. What about you? I was going to say at least two circuits in your shop because I ran into that problem not that long ago. I wasn't running a, a uh, extension cord from my house, but I was running an extension cord to run my whole shop off of one circuit. You need at least two simply because what Mike said, so you can run dust collection and a tool because you will be popping breakers eventually. Mm-hmm. And I like what Mike said. I think a 220 outlet, at least one circuit for 220 is a great idea because once you use 220, man, you will want every tool on 220 that you can get on 220. And so that, the other that's, thing is, that's great advice. Sorry, so real quick. The other thing is like doing electrical, unless you like, it's really not like super, it's not super hard, but it's not fun. Like it's not a fun thing. So knock it all out in one weekend <laughs> that you'll never have to do it again for a very long time. Like make it so that you don't have to do that chore for a very long time. That's my only reason I'm saying that. Sorry. And I was going to say, if you don't know what you're doing as far as electrical goes, get somebody who knows what they're doing or hire a professional. That is not something you want to mess around with. No, yep. you can start a fire and ruin your day really fast. You will start a fire. So, Make sure you get somebody who knows what they're doing to help you if you don't have any idea what you're doing. And as far as the table saw goes, I feel like I say this every time somebody asks this because I had one. The Delta 36-725 that you can get from Lowe's is a fantastic saw under a thousand. I believe it's like $599. It's a contractor saw. It's got a T-fence. It's a great saw. The only reason I upgraded and got rid of it was because I was in a position to get that saw stop and it. And I wanted a cabinet saw and you may find yourself in that position, but if you just want a good starter saw, that Delta saw is great and I can't recommend it enough. And you can actually upgrade that saw to a 220 motor. That's a possibility. If that's something you want to do, Pete, what do you think? What do you got? Hmm. As I'm taking a drink, I feel like a, that's what well, I that's on you. Do to you. Well, that's on me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'll start with the second question first. Table saw. I agree with Dan that Delta or the comparable rigid one. They're they're both in like the six hundred to seven hundred range. Yeah, they actually redesigned that rigid, and they both look almost identical now. Yeah, and they're like very similar. And honestly, it's like yeah, your 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 budget is a thousand, but it doesn't mean you got to spend that. Because that's the tier that you're in. And they're great saws. I had the rigid one. And I had the old school full cast iron body with like these weird grids in it. Where you could like pass a clamp through and like clamp a piece in. Whatever. It doesn't matter. That's my first choice. Is get one of those two. Because they're going to be fine. And save money for a real 
big boy saw if you ever if you ever need it because here's the thing we we have all gotten to that point uh the three of us where we either need it professionally uh or we just want it or it's a safety thing like a saw stop or whatever but like realistically if i haven't found the deal i did on a powermatic i'd still have a rigid table saw in my shop because that was that saw was great i actually really liked it dust collection kind of sucked on it but aside from that i had a really good time with it so i'm not gonna hate on it it's great and then the money you save put it into a little like fund or envelope or whatever or mentally save that amount in your head either buy accessories or start saving for the big boy saw the other thing is Guys, the deals are out there. I have a PM2000 table saw, Paramatic 2000. It's a great table saw. It's right up there with the, uh, you know, the, the saw stops, the the F3 uh, saws, the big ones, whatever. They don't, obviously, it doesn't have the saw stop blade stopping ca- uh, capability, but it's a full professional grade saw. I got it for $600 on, on Craigslist. Somebody just, they, he was just moving. He gave me that and a bunch of slabs of cherry that I still am trying to make my way through that cherry a year and a half later. Uh, he, the saw was 600 cherry was $100. You can't beat that kind of deal. There's deals out there. People are constantly moving. People are trying to just get rid of stuff. People sometimes don't know what they have. You can find a nice deal. $600 for a cabinet grade table saw or professional grade table saw that I will probably not upgrade until I just decide to get a saw stop because I, I genuinely love it. Um, as far as what I would re- I recommend for power, what Dan and Mike said, perfect recommendations. I think you should have several 110s and a 220 in your shop, but I'm trying, I'm, I'm going to give the answer of like the, the, the super hobbyist person. And that is at the very least, you have two 110 circuits running through your shop. And by circuits, I mean, you have an outlet, at least a double, if not a quad, every six to eight feet along a wall or two or whatever. And you could be two separate runs and you want at least two runs. Now, here's the thing. You could technically run a dust collection and other things on that same run, but you would ideally want them separated. So if your table saw or all the heavy duty tools are on one circuit, you probably want your dust collection on the other one. That being said, I've run my dust collection, my laser, my uh, with the laser it obviously comes with a chiller, uh, air extraction, and uh, compressor and stuff. And I've run my CNC all off of a single 110 uh, 20 amp circuit. So at you could do time? that at the same time. Now, when I turn on the vacuum for the CNC, <clears throat> maybe sometimes it trips. So it it can hold up a decent amount. Um, but at the very least, a 220 is a, I think is a, a, honestly, you should get 220 in your shop. But at the very least, get two runs over your entire shop of uh, of 110, at the very least. So, that's my answer. Cool. Want to talk about what we're doing, Dan? Yes, I do. What are we doing? Uh, shoot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> joking I'm joking uh, so we're gonna give away a shirt this week uh an awp shirt awp podcast shirt and an awp and podcast what about the other thing, the thing we have to- <laughs> uh so i didn't write down any code phrases i wrote down one and it's kind of neat but it's not funny chromosomes 
Donkeys and Chromosomes. I was hoping that would be the show title, to be honest with you. Really? You want that over Ridgeline Killer? <laughs> Which one is going to be the show title? I Ridge want the Ridgeline Killer. Killer. All right, then. Donkeys and Chromosomes <laughs> is the code phrase. Send that to us in uh, in an email to awppodcast at gmail.com, and you will be entered for a T-shirt. We're as confused as you are. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna. My code phrase was gonna be always be listing, but donkeys and chromosomes is better. ABL. <laughs> <laughs> donkeys. Yeah, and we're gonna give away a shirt. Uh, the winner will get their choice of shirt, and uh, you know you got to tell us what size. It, it, it can't be a five X. I mean, we got limits. What? <laughs> do we? I don't. Know. I don't think we have any limits. No, we don't Turns have any limits. Do anything. Uh, let's go on. This is this is a train wreck. Dan over here. <laughs> Giveaway this week, no fatties. <laughs> Five X. <laughs> Damn, Dan. <laughs> All right, moving on very quickly. This next question is from Moses Cho, Chomo, Mocho. Here we go, go. From Cho, my people. Hey, guys, Mo. it's Mocho with Chosen Mo Co. Craft. Um, hey, Dan, I wanted to ask you, what's the difference between a math guy and the numbers guy? Cause I hear the I hear that you're the numbers guy. I mean the math guy. I mean, what the heck is the difference? It's easy. The numbers guy counts thing, things, thing. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers guy counts things. He's uh, no, he takes inventory. Singular counts. <laughs> he <things>. takes. <laughs> He takes inventory of things. One Menard. Ah, ah, ah. Two Menard. The math guy. Ah, ah, ah. The math guy, which I am. I am he. I, I, I add and subtract things. I can put numbers together. I math. And make them different numbers and math them. <laughs> I can take numbers and put them together and make different numbers. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, thank you for the clarification, Dunlap. <laughs> the next one's from Nick C. His, that makes uh, no Nick, sense. Nick, Nick Cochran. <laughs> Nick Cochran, as this is say. Uh, Nick Cochran. Hey, guys. Had a gentleman come by and cut down my red oak tree. As a gift, he carved a small bear out of a branch. Now, I sat outside for a week and became more red. I plan on giving the little guy some sanding, but after that, I don't know what to do. Thanks for the help. Daniel, now that you've explained your numbers situation so succinctly. I'm not sure what he's asking. Is he asking what sort of finish to put on this thing? I think he wants to know what to finish it with, yeah. I think so. Uh, Sand it and put some spar urethane on it, buddy. That's what I would do. Boom. Pete? Thompson's water seal. Uh, (laughs) Not sponsored. No, no, I I, I don't know. I mean, it's like a tree. It's a carved bear out of a branch. He sent a picture. Did you not see the picture? Oh, I did not. It's a very oh, nice, there's very nice bonus looking bear. stuff. Yeah. Guys, if if you really want to, you want to get your uh, question played, send a photo. Also, a separate, just send a question. Separate email. I flagged it. Um, no, but uh, I would say just hit it with any kind of like outdoor, like even like decking finish. Although a lot of those are like the stains in them, so just get something natural. Because um, I feel like Mike's gonna do the obvious answer, so I didn't do it yet. Odies. I was no. gonna say like epoxy, halcyon. <laughs> No, I am going to say India ink it and then put some spark on it. 
because it's red oak. Right. And it, I'm gonna, red I'm gonna like caca. Oh, you never seen a black bear before? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna fully disagree because for one, for a couple reasons. Like, first of all, Mother Nature hates like outdoor furniture made out of wood. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say. Just calm down, Peter. If you make it, if you make it black. It will soak up more UV rays and will t- deteriorate faster, I believe. Sparurethane. Yeah. UV inhibitors. Pete, <laughs> Pete clearly no wants to answer. add something. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> In the words of my people, Shushugiban. Oh, that'd work really well, actually. Actually, that's, it, that's like, no, like genuine answer. Uh, Shushugiban, which is basically just really well. burn the exterior Charry. of the wood charring it and then you could well you'd probably still want to hit actually, it with some kind of finish right actually <clears throat> oh it's not called shoshugiban it's something else what i can't remember Nebraska what it's called Nebraska no, fire it's what is it? <laughs> no it's not tamar did a whole post on it it's not called shoshugiban mexican scissor lift <laughs> that's it <laughs> ne- nebraskan fire crotch uh, <laughs> All right, no, this gonna, next question. Let's go on. I'm going to look up this, this post next by question is from Sean Menards. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Sean made marks on Instagram. Had a question about outdoor finishes. So I have a weirdly topical five foot by two and a half foot um, sign that's going to be going out to Idaho. It's going to see some inclement weather. Uh, inclement, uh, whatever uh, weather. Um, <laughs> You know, snow, all that fun stuff. So the whole sign's being built out of cedar. Letters being cut out of cedar. I'm not doing a backing or anything out of that nature. Just kind of, kind of glue up the boards together. Um, you know, I want it to last. Uh, so I'm looking for a good finish that's gonna, you know, withstand uh, some. I'm not gonna say that word again. You know what I mean? Bad weather. There we go. Uh, so any input you guys got, I'd appreciate it. And have a good night. Pete, what would you do? Uh, I mean, if he's doing a sign, so he probably wants to keep the original finish. So I'm going to go with Halcyon because I've used it for outdoors and it so far has held up great. So that's my answer. And it keeps the natural look of the wood quite well. Uh, Mike? Uh, I also really like Halcyon. I... Was at, I meant to tell you guys this. I was at Urban Wood Rescue picking up the slabs for that <clears> conference <throat> table, and they had this huge sycamore log. It's probably three feet in diameter, and they cut out like a flat portion of it, like a slab, and then they cut a waterfall off the log. So it's this big table now. It's got waterfalls on both sides. They finished that thing a year ago with Halcyon, and uh, it sits outside, direct sunlight, weather, and it looks great still. I just want to tell you guys that because I, I mean, it, it that finish. I mean, it feels really good and it looks really great. They put the amber on there. Um, also, I've been spraying this Target Coatings product. If it was me, me, I'd be trying this urethane because I really like how the urethane sprays. Um, not that the Halcyon doesn't spray great too; it sprays really well. But uh, this urethane from uh, Target Coatings has got a bunch of UV inhibitors in it, so and it doesn't change the color like at all. So I really like that stuff. So I'd try that. But also a spar urethane would be good. Um, there's a bunch of good options. You could do like a tongue oil. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I know Total Boat has a million exterior finishes. I just use their Lust on a boat deck. And uh, How is that? It's, I was thinking about 
extremely strong. Like you, it's going to be, it's very durable. You can tell it's very durable. Uh, like I had to have the shop open and fans blowing out and fans oh, blowing in. Oh, durable, it's, you mean smelly. It's, it's very strong. Like, I mean, it's strong. Like you get it on there, you can like, after like three days, it felt like uh, glass over the top. It's a very durable finish. So Ooh, um, I might have an idea for that. Dan? Okay. Well, I haven't used Halcyon too much. I would I would go with a spar urethane for anything that's outdoors. Or I would do Yakasugi. What did you call me? <laughs> Yakasugi. Dan just Dan just looked it up. <laughs> Shoshugiban actually means nothing. It's a oh, mistranslation what? of the word Yakasugi. Yakasugi is literally translated as Charred cypress or cedar. Oh, Pete's getting on his thinking class. Well, actually, <laughs> Shoshugiban means nothing. It's called Yakasugi. I just want to throw that out there, and I want to give a huge shout out and a thank you to for, to uh, Tamar for posting that. You learned something today. Next, so you, you drop a so pencil. You took, so you took my answer <laughs> from the last question. I just, just wanted to correct you. Go. I just looked up uh, Yakisugi and it says that uh, Yakisugi, the original Soshugiban, but I'm not going to read anymore because I just yeah. don't really care. I'm just going to believe Dan it up as a, and roll as with a it, so. type of ethnic sandwich. <laughs> 63 is the number of chromosomes found in the offspring of a donkey and a horse. So Yaki means heat, so teriyaki, and uh, Sugi means cypress. So it means heat cypress. Uh, in the West, it's known as Shosugiban. I guess they go hand in hand, according to this Wikipedia article. <sighs> Anybody Damn, can edit I'm Wikipedia. For, another reason. for all I know, you for, for all reason. I know, you got on Wikipedia and edited that yourself. That's yes, he has that kind of influence. <laughs> I would not lie about this particular topic. <laughs> I would not spend the effort to edit Wikipedia's. I would. I totally would I just to prove somebody wrong. I'm not wrong. done laughing. I ain't got time for this. <laughs> um, all right. Listen, this is a great episode. And if you have something else to say about that, then you just go tell us in the reviews. Wait, if it's nothing nice, question. don't tell us. Oh, we do. Okay, good. We did. It was, it was from Scott. From uh, a, a write-in? Scott, Scott the dad at yourself DIY. Scott the dad. Any questions <laughs> for real? Yeah, he 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 typed in a question. Oh, you know that doesn't count for chat. No, don't. I'm I'm no. I'm going. Go ahead, read it. It's a decent question. It's mm. de- it's a terrible question, but I'll read it anyways. <laughs> read it. We're trying to fill an hour. No, we're not. We're at I'm an kidding. hour. No, 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 I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Uh, so he he asked. Uh, he's going to be teaching a uh, someone how to make a cutting board, and oh, he's yeah, asking yeah, what what are some good cutting board tips to share with a someone <clears throat> as a novice? Like, what are things that you should focus on? Uh, so Dan, being a cutting board expert, since you made an entire shelf out of them, uh, can you tell us? I like how Dan's the cutting board expert. Meanwhile, Pete, up until one week ago, had 7,300 excess cutting boards in the back of his shop. 700. Let's not get crazy. I meant to say 7 to 300, not 7,300. I go backwards on those things. I would just say, teach them the importance of grain direction. And, you know, the importance of keeping the board dry, I guess. Pete, since you are no longer the expert, I'm going to toss it to Mike. 
<laughs> I actually had uh, a local guy <clears throat> here in my shop yesterday. His name's Nick. He uh, He's that guy who lives up the street from me. I told you guys about that has the sawmill. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. So anyway. No. Dan's also got here. a guy with a sawmill up the street. That's true. This, he only uh, brought it up every day. <laughs> the um, the uh, well, he's never done any woodworking, really, like very limited amount of woodworking. So he he found a downed chestnut tree from the property where he gets all his trees from for all his slabbing. Anyway, chestnuts pretty rare. I don't know if you, I mean, you guys know that, but if you're a listener, you don't know that chestnuts really rare. He downed this chestnut tree. He slabbed up some of it. There was some mini slabs out of that thing, and he had some family friends he wanted to make a cutting board for. He's using the chestnut. Well, he's never made a cutting board. So I recently, the thing that I noticed about showing someone who's never made a cutting board was how much he was overthinking it. Like he was really overthinking about like, what if I, do I need a chamfer or round over this? And like, you do whatever you want. It's your board. Like you don't have to do anything. You can leave the edges sharp. I mean, you don't want to leave it so sharp that someone's going to cut their finger on it, but it's, it's, it's a expression of whatever you want it to be. So however you see this in your head, if you want to do a round over, do it. Don't overthink it. Just got to get the basics down, which is make sure you apply your finish really well and to how it's supposed to be because you don't want to ruin that um, and grain direction. This was like a – this guy, he didn't have to glue anything up because it was like a mini slab. So it was like a super simple situation. So uh, he didn't have to glue up any um, <clears throat> any strips or anything like that. So, you know, but just don't overthink it. Kind of just have fun with it. And if you mess it up, it's okay. Right. It's not very much wood. It's not a big deal. Like just make yeah. another one. And if you mess there's up that one, there's a reason one, why there's a reason why one. every woodworker makes cutting boards because you know it's the easy entry. It's the most entry level thing. Yeah. So the only thing easier than a cutting board with slats is a cutting board made from a tiny live edge slab or a <laughs> swing like plank or something. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> jabs. <laughs> Finger guns, pew pew. No, um, uh, <laughs> I remember after that episode aired, so many people messaged me thinking it was so funny. It's like, <laughs> like my reaction. Uh, anyway, uh, that was a really funny episode. <laughs> Pete's swinging chair, plank, plank. plank. <laughs> no, but you really, oh, don't overthink it, just have fun with them. They really are like. Sometimes I'm having like a bad week in the shop and I'm just like, I'm just gonna make a cutting board because they're really, really just almost, they get mindless pretty quickly. That's why a lot of like woodworkers get really tired of them really fast because they're so mindless. But sometimes but you can get really so creative nice. with them. That's yeah, what's another that, that's great what thing. Sometimes it's really nice. You can just do whatever you want with them and just have fun with it. And then you can do with that whatever. And it's just kind of mindless, fun, something you can't mess up kind of a thing. It's a confidence booster. Sometimes you need it when you have a fail on a project and you just need a win. <laughs> Sometimes you need that with a uh, with a cutting board. Anyway, Pete, you're the expert. <laughs> okay. Um, so the only I'm thing I'm going to say, the, <laughs> oh sure, why not? So Mike actually hit it on a on a head. Is it it is a it becomes a mindless thing you can knock out almost any time. It you find a way to use all your scraps, long love, scraps love to finds make. A way. Love love finds a way. <laughs> or life, uh, so life, I hear. Life, yeah, life. <laughs> finds a way, and it just drips down your hand. I screwed it up. If you know, oh, if you watch the, the movie, <clears throat> what you want? That, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh God! Watch the movie Jurassic Park. Great movie. It's an indie film. Uh, so, is what you wanted. So, 
yes, you can get him knocked out, knocked out very quickly. You don't have to focus about too much. You don't have to overthink it. Mike is absolutely correct. However, if you want to take your boards to the next level, and if you want to take the time to educate your customers about it, there are three types of boards you can make. There is face grain, edge grain, end grain. And that's if you really want to overthink it because you really don't need to. So you can glue up face grain. So think of when you're looking at the side of the board, like the end of the end grain of the board, it's got a smile or a frown or maybe a part of the thing. You see the grain running along it. That that fat, flat face of the board is the face grain. Now, if the grain is running straight up and down along the length of the full board, you're looking at end grain. So edge grain. end grain. I'm sorry, edge grain. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, and then the end grain is the part you're looking at. It's the part that actually tells you the direction of the grain. That is what they call, some people refer to it as a self-healing cutting board. It's the best one, takes the most amount of work, and they're usually the most expensive because they take the most amount of work. But because you're cutting, essentially cutting up a bunch of straws that point straight up and you're splitting those hairs back and forth, but they're never really being sheared, sheared off of the board itself. Edge grain, as you're cutting on it, the strips of the edge grain may eventually fall out or be removed or chopped out uh, as it goes. And the face grain, the most basic, which if you're using just a basic slab, that's why charcuterie boards don't make the best cutting boards because it's all face grain. And as you cut stuff up, entire sheets of the face grain may eventually start coming up and peeling up. So now here's the thing. Most users are never going to notice little things like that however it's something that you should just educate yourself on uh if you want to learn about grain direction and types of grain and all that because it's actually quite fascinating and if you want to put out a product out there that will genuinely last last for a decade or more you can make a cutting and, and here's the thing make a cutting board this weekend if you're a patron, you're grabbing, you're probably getting this podcast on Saturday. Make a cutting board this weekend if you've never made one. Because honestly, the best time to make one is right now. And by the time you decide to start making them for customers, you've already had yours for months and you're going to learn from some mistakes. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. That's all I got. Boom. Cutting boards. They're fun. They're also Hell a gateway fun. drug, so be careful. Uh, Wait, that's the I show. You scrap. We're going to get out of this and we're going to call it a week. Dan's real tired. I mean, look at him. Poor guy. I just want to go pat his head and give him a hug. Uh, big thanks to everyone who supports the show. You guys are incredible. Thanks to all the patrons. Thank you to everyone who shares the show. That really is the biggest thing, like sharing the show. Please keep doing that. We really appreciate it. Keeps the show alive in your feed. Keeps the show alive in people's eyes and in their hearts and in their minds. <laughs> no, but big, big thank you to everyone who does that. We, we really just want to live in everybody's hearts. Yeah, we just want to live in your heart. It's so warm. So much blood. Um, so big thank you to uh, <laughs> weird. Bunch of vampires. Yeah, uh, give us those reviews. We think that does something. We think we don't know, but uh, it it does. Pete says go it watch does, Mike's so video. Definitely, maybe go watch Mike's video on YouTube and give oh, him yeah, a review. Oh yeah, go watch my video, please. Yes, go like, watch my share, YouTube subscribe. video. That'd be great. Uh, hit that, smash that notification button. Uh, Go uh, check out. Oh, go check out the AWP store on Etsy.com. We, uh, you know, we got great shirts over there. We got a lot of bunch, bunch of merch over there. If you want to show that, or if you want to support the show that way, if you don't want to do the Patreon thing, uh, buying a shirt from the store really does help us out too. Um, you know, you can get a nice piece of swag 
or swag, and you can wear around and represent the, swag. The, the podcast. And also, we're giving one away this week. So, uh, we, uh, you know, we'd love it if you gave us some support over there. Uh, that is going to be it for us, though. Check us out next week. I'm going to go edit this thing and uh, get this thing out for the patrons right now so they can have this thing ASAP. And uh, we'll have it live for everyone else here in a couple days. So, thank you, everyone. What is, what is Pete doing? I don't know. I think he's in saying voting goodbye. Okay. Oh. Bye now. Vote. Bye bye. Bye 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 bye. Love you long time. Bye bye bye. Bye bye bye. Love you long time. Bye 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 bye. Hey guys, it's Mocho with Chosen Mo Co. Craft. Um, hey, Dan, I wanted to ask you, what's the difference between a guy and the guy? Because I hear the I hear that you're the guy. I mean, the guy. I mean, what is the difference?